Welcome to the Control the Room podcast, a series devoted to the exploration of meeting culture and uncovering cures for the common meeting. Some meetings have tight control and others are loose. To control the room means achieving outcomes while striking a balance between imposing and removing structure, asserting and distributing power, leaning in and leaning out, all in the service of having a truly magical meeting. Today, I'm with Kira Johnson, the community manager at Voltage Control, where she leads and nurtures Control the Room, the facilitation community. Welcome to the show, Kira. Thank you so much for having me, Douglas. Thrilled to be here. It's great to have you. So I thought we could start off by talking a little bit about how you found your way into this world of facilitation. You know, my path to facilitation was a bit of a journey, actually. I didn't fall into facilitation right away. One of my values in everything I do is, you know, remaining true to yourself and authenticity. And I've always had a unique passion for authentic people and communities since I was very young. I believe there's so much worth in bringing people together through collaboration. And there was such a unique opportunity that I wasn't aware of through facilitation. I'm a Southern girl, born and raised from Southern Louisiana, and I've completed my bachelor's in communications and public relations at LSU. And my previous career was solely focused on making my mark within the community relations and customer service industry. But at the root of everything, my passion has and always will be building long lasting relationships through community. And the facilitation industry provided a unique opportunity for me to do just that. You know, there's something I would just, I think it's important to point out, and it's this positivity that I think, you know, just follows you around, that you you exude positivity. And I see it in all the stuff you do with the community. I see it in all of our interactions with the team and the team meetings. And I want to just hear a little bit about where did that come from? Like, how did that become such an important part of your ethos? Well, I think for me, it's all about, you know, amazing, incredible women that have been behind me and kind of shown me the way as I've grown up to be a young woman. And that falls back on my mom and my my grandmother. They are two, you know, huge inspirations for me that have always instilled in me, you know, to remain positive through everything that you do and that it has a direct reflection and impact on people that you come across throughout your everyday life and experiences. So that's something that's always stuck with me and something that I've just lived by, you know, to exemplify, hopefully, and it, it keeps me going every single day to have that positivity and to remain, you know, excited and and hopeful for what's to come no matter what. You know, that reminds me of the Culturati conference. And when Mark from SailPoint was talking about how crises doesn't make culture, it reveals it. And it it kind of reminds me of what you were just saying, because, you know, it's in those moments, adversity or, you know, whatever's kind of coming at you, how we respond really defines us. I completely agree with you. I think there's, you know, every challenge that we face, I feel like there's an opportunity to find something positive in, in anything that we experience. And I think it's important to take that with you and learn from it. So I, that a thousand percent resonates with me. And I, you know, am thankful for the brilliant minds through Culturati that, that shared such, you know, incredible insights on, on what they're doing to impact their communities and companies. 
Yeah, no, I was, I was really jealous because you were running our booth and there to like help folks that were kind of stopping in to learn about voltage control, as well as helping out with the mural template we were running for the conference. And I was a little jealous because I had all this <laughs> client work and things I had to go to attend to. So I couldn't listen to all the talks. And I was like, man, Kara's getting the front row seat to, to all that awesome Culturati stuff. I, I was, I was, I was fortunate enough to be a fly on the wall of some incredible minds that, you know, shared their own experiences and, and insights as to how we can constantly improve our culture within our companies. And they had, you know, such inspiring, you know, experiences and, and perspectives on what they're doing in, you know, in their respected fields to pave the way and to continue that conversation forward. And it was just, an unforgettable, rewarding experience and, and just little nuggets of wisdom that I know I'm going to take with me, you know, throughout throughout my role through Facilitation Lab and, and hopefully beyond. So definitely grateful to be a part of it. You know, one big takeaway for me was this, this notion of systems and how important the systems or just the important role that systems play. And how if we want to enact change, we really need to look at the systems and think about the systems that are already in place and the ones that we might want to put in place. And, you know, it really spoke to me in a big way, uh, or I was really happy to hear that there was that thread there because, you know, that's core to facilitation and the work we're doing because in facilitation, we can start to ask those curious questions and have dialogues around the systems that are in place and where things might go. And of course, we do a lot of work with meeting systems. So anyway, I, I, I remember hearing all of that and thinking, wow, it's so great to see everyone moving in the right direction. So it makes me curious now, what did you notice? You know, I was noticing the system stuff and I'm kind of curious, anything surface up for you that you think is relevant for the facilitation community or or just companies in general? Well, I think for me, something that really spoke to me was an emphasis on diversity and mm -hmm. how that can be such a strength through through communities and through companies to highlight you know, what makes us different. And I think that speaks directly to our, our facilitation lab, you know, with that, that experience of an opportunity of, of building that inclusion throughout our lab. You know, we are champions for, I, th I, th I believe we're champions for people of across all industries, across all backgrounds, you know, to come to our lab and, you know, provide activities and methods that they're currently working on. But we want people with all different perspectives to feel like they're welcome to our community, to be able to openly practice and, and do just that in a safe space. So with that diversity, I feel it's our mission, you know, to always remain inclusive at the facilitation lab. Yeah, you know, we were just recording a, a little promo video for the community. And in it, I talk about how diversity is at the core of the community because we created a, out of an observation that so much about, you know, it's interesting. Facilitation is about inclusion. We often talk about creating space. So there's a deep respect <laughs> about inclusion and, and understanding the need for diversity. And, you know, almost every facilitation discipline encourages bringing cross-functional teams together because, you know, nobody's as smart as everybody and all these things. Yet at the, at the level of methodology, it's very siloed. 
there's not much diversity when you look at like uh, your average facilitator. They're very focused on one methodology. And so the community at the core was seeking to cross pollinate and bust those silos. Yes, I think, you know, there's a real power in community and having a community of diverse backgrounds. And I feel our unique position with the facilitation lab gives facilitators the opportunity to not only practice in a safe and inclusive environment with other facilitators of different backgrounds, but also that there aren't a lot of unique spaces for and by facilitators to openly do just that. So I think we're in a really incredible position to allow facilitators to connect virtually with facilitators from all around the world and have the opportunity to to unpack and, and to connect in more unique ways than ever before. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point around the global nature of the community now. And it's interesting how difficult and challenging the pandemic's been, you know, to have to reinvent our businesses, to, to think about supporting people in the virtual world. And it's just been really challenging. But uh, perhaps one of the silver linings of it all is that we've now connected globally with, with our facilitation peers and the community's grown in ways that I wouldn't never have expected because, you know, we had our monthly meetup, right, which Mm -hmm. is mostly folks from Austin. And then we had our yearly summit, which we had people coming internationally. But now every week we're doing we're doing facilitation lab and it's people from all over the world. Yes, it's um, it's pretty exciting that, you know, through through the pandemic, of course, it's been challenging for everyone to be able to adjust and pivot to this new normal that we're we're kind of learning as we go. But with the unique opportunity with, you know, our virtual meetups every week, we're able to connect with so many people that we wouldn't cross pass with in our everyday life had the pandemic not happened. And I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's a real advantage for us to make those connections, um, you know, to contacts from, you know, voices in, in London, voices in South Africa. And this is just speaking to a few people that I've, I've had the pleasure of connecting with in our facilitation lab. And it's such an amazing experience to be able to connect with people that, that, you know, you never have the opportunity to in a normal setting. But it's it, it's a real silver lining, as you said, you know, to have the space to do so and, and connect with people from, uh, you know, all across the map, which is, you know, so cool to be able to do. You know, I agree. I, I love popping in the facilitation lab. I can't make it to all of them like I used to. But when I do pop in, it's like seeing folks from Kenya, folks from, you know, Paris, Paris, yes. folks from Thailand, Australia, you know, even some of these people are logging in and it's like 4 a.m. their time. Someone just emailed me. She's joining from New Zealand tomorrow, actually, and Hawaii. And they all bring different perspectives on what facilitation is and they have different thoughts around how they approach things. And it's really fantastic to see everyone kind of coming together through this common goal and understanding. And so I'm curious what you've noticed through all this cross-pollination and folks showing up with different needs and different curiosities. Can you speak to what's common across all of it? Like, what are they, like, what are they all interested in? Like what value do they all share? I think at the the root of everything, people are just 
longing for a sense of of community more than ever now, especially through the pandemic. And, you know, with with our unique position at the facilitation lab, we're allowing facilitators of backgrounds of all industries to be able to connect freely and safely, you know, in a virtual space where they can come together, you know, experiment, brainstorm together, figure out what works, what doesn't work and have the the space to be able to connect openly um, to, to come to come together and, and really just connect on a deeper level. And I think, too, as far as, you know, concerns, there's a real need now to to figure out how do we move forward post pandemic mm-hmm. you know there's there's been a conversation of hybrid meetings that has come up and has been a theme across a few lab sessions that we've had the opportunity to to kind of unpack you know how do we how do we you know juggle this idea of working you know remotely and also feeling safe to, to go back into an office setting and kind of merge the two ideas together. So that's been a very common idea that's come up, you know, throughout the lab pretty often. Yeah, that's definitely on the mind for facilitators these days, right? Like, will I need to start traveling again to be on site with clients? And will some of their participants be remote and how do we support everyone it's a it's a non-trivial challenge and i think one that i'm tracking really closely and i'm sure we'll talk about it more in labs to come so i want to talk a little bit about like how lab works and you're the host of the weekly facilitation lab and you mentioned it being a safe place and i wanted to just unpack that a little bit and like what is lab how does it work what does it mean And I'll just point out that from my perspective, it's about practice because to master facilitation, you need to practice. And it's really uncomfortable, really scary to try new things out when the CEO is in the room or, you know, your boss who might be uh, (laughs) short on time (laughs) and very critical on how we spend our time and how we do work, you know, even though they might be the best boss in the world and super kind and supportive you just might not be fully comfortable trying something new out when there's a lot at stake. And so, you know, to me, it being, quote unquote, a safe place, it's a judgment-free zone where we're all going to critique and play and experiment together. But from your perspective as the host, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how it works and how you run it and what's at stake. Like, what's, what do we make possible with the lab? Absolutely. You know, when it really comes down to it, we, our mission for the facilitation lab is that we let facilitators have the freedom to hold the mic and troubleshoot with other facilitators. And that that's really the, you know, the root of why we've built this community. You know, they're able to have 40 minutes of unpacking their methods and activities in real time that they've been working on and and putting together to test it out with a a community of like-minded facilitators to gain real-time feedback and have some key takeaways in a safe environment to be able to present and test out those methods to do so with, as you said, a a judgment-free zone and, and have people really experience 
the the method and activities that they're they're working on to to fully immerse themselves in the overall experience of having the role as a host or you know or a lead facilitator that's really our our goal is to to give them the space to be able to practice and so if i were to show up at a facilitation lab what what would i expect to see so you would essentially you would you would expect when we we always start the, the sessions with an icebreaker activity. That's that's kind of our, our overall goal, just to get people in a, a comfortable space and setting with an, an open networking exercise where we really just have everyone connect with their neighbor Zoom in the Zoom. And then from there, we discuss an opportunity of why we're here at the facilitation lab, what our mission is. And from there, we we introduce our, our peer facilitator or our guest host and give them the full freedom and, and rights to take over the session and present their their method and activity that they've been working on in real time. And we, you know, at the facilitation lab, it's always our goal to offer them the best support that we can behind the scenes. So we're, you know, managing and, and making sure that their experience is, you know, as as fruitful for the the, the facilitator or for the audience as best as it can be. So that's our ultimate goal is for the actual activity as a whole to go on without a hitch. So you start off with an icebreaker to lean into that connection that you spoke about that's so important. Like people really are are hungry for more connection and meeting other facilitators and creating that sense of belonging and, and understanding with each other. And then after that connection piece, then you're moving into your guest, your peer facilitator, who's going to send us through a method. And and then what is this rose thorn bud I've heard about? Is there, there, it seems like that's something that happens at the end. What is that about? Yes, our, our rose thorn bud framework is the opportunity for our guests and guest facilitators and audience to to unpack their thoughts and feedback to their response on the activity that the the host facilitator has engaged with their activity throughout the session so it's really it gives the the audience the the space to be able to openly share how they felt about the overall exercise in a sense of of roses and it's it's a metaphorical framework essentially where roses are what they really connected with and what really spoke to them throughout the session something that they loved that they connected with as a whole whereas thorns are you know constraints or, or pain points that they that they feel that they didn't really connect with or or um, you know there was an opportunity there that just missed the mark a little bit and with buds uh, essentially that's kind of you know we love to leave our our lead facilitators with buds and essentially buds are those areas of growth and areas of opportunity that can kind of just use a little bit more nurturing throughout the method that we you know allow uh, facilitators to share you know how they felt about that overall activity you know i love when buds too kind of provide an opportunity for the attendees, the participants to see opportunities for them. 
it happens from time to time where people in attendance say, I see, I'm going to, I'm going to borrow something that I saw them do, or I'm, I'm not going to do something I saw them do. Cause seeing things that you don't want to do can be as just as powerful as things that you want to do. So I'd love when people turn the buds on themselves. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a unique take where inspiration just sparks in real time for the, the facilitator that's, you know, that's experienced this, this activity or methodology that they, you know, weren't aware of or didn't know much about beforehand. But in reality, they're able to sit back and kind of, you know, determine how this, you know, they can take elements of the method that they've experienced into their own individual work and bring it to their respective industries. So it's a really unique opportunity to, you know, to have inspiration for them to, to immerse themselves and also figure out, you know, what works and how they can adapt and, you know, change those elements in real time to their respected, you know, places and companies. Yeah. And so I noticed that sometimes there's an open lab, whereas other times there's a special guest. What happens in the open lab? Open lab is is one of my favorite opportunities where we can openly connect in a deeper way through the facilitation lab. And our open lab sessions happen every single month, um, once a month, where we have a, an open dialogue between all of us as facilitators to network and connect on a deeper level about topics that we're really passionate about as facilitators. That can range from hybrid meetings, inclusion and diversity in the workplace. It could, you know, it could, it could be about icebreakers, how to p- keep people still engaged throughout your meetings. So that is, you know, it's, it's always, we always open it up to the community to, to give them the opportunity of what's top of mind for what they'd like to discuss in the session. So we always start with, you know, what would you like to, to really unpack today? And from there, we have about an hour of uninterrupted time to really just dive into breakout rooms and, and unpack, you know, those thoughts and, and, and ideas that are kind of bubbling up inside of us that we, we want to share and, and kind of bounce off ideas just to be better as a whole and how we can do better. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I love the moment after Facilitation Lab where we just kind of, it's like the after hours. I just like to tell people, you know, when we had in-person events, we'd had to pull the sticky notes off the walls and clean things up, right. and tidy up, get the tables put back. And inevitably, someone would stick around and talk and chat. And so we always still reserve that time in our workshops for, I call it the cleanup time. And uh, we do that during Facilitation Lab. And that's some of my favorite time where people are kind of a little bit more open and loose about how they're kind of reflecting on what happened and what's top of mind for them. And so Open Lab is almost an extension of that, right? We're just doing that for the whole time, which is a lot of fun. Exactly. Um, After Hours is is also one of my favorite opportunities in the lab because it, it really allows us, you know, a less, it's a less formal setting for us to really just connect deeper with other facilitators. A lot of you know, times I've, I've noticed people stick around who, you know, aren't privy to our, our community or it's their first time joining and they really just want to immerse themselves in the in the whole experience and they want to see what after hours is, is all about. And really, it's just us, um, you know, connecting with what did you experience today? 
what's your day looking like? What made you smile throughout your day to day? And really just, Mm. you know, having the opportunity to just openly connect a little bit more. What are you working on in your industry right now? It's a beautiful time for us to to really just delve into open conversation. You know, the it's fascinating too how sometimes the learnings and the the impact is often greater than the sessions where there was specifically content that was like kind of curated and prescribed because the serendipity of folks sharing and being curious and asking questions and just letting things surface that are top of mind tends like it's just that I don't know it's the randomness of those collisions and those intersections that create so much value so yeah the the open labs are really fantastic yes um there's there's always a need from our community and i've i've heard this voice so many times for us to further that connection with with your fellow facilitator and i think you know if we have the opportunity to to make that happen in tenfold then you know we're doing our part to really just you know, continue those connections with facilitators in our industry because it's so important to to build those connections and nurture those relationships. So I want to talk a little bit about some of your memories of prior facilitation labs and some of the guests that we've had. And, you know, what's uh, what, what do you think of fondly when you think about past facilitation labs? The, the beautiful thing about our facilitation lab is that we have – a, a wide range of guest facilitators who have, you know, it have allowed us to experience different methodologies and, and activities that are really meaningful and really impactful. Um, at the same time, they're really vulnerable and, and inspirational. So just one that sticks out or kind of rises to the to the top would be um, we had the opportunity to have Keith McCandless, mm. the incomparable Keith McCandless, founder of Liberating Structures, who brought grief walking to our, our session. Um, and I believe this was back at the end of, of last year. And it was it was all centered about, you know, having that that experience of of walking through grief and what those feelings feelings look like and really immersing yourself and diving into those emotions and not, you know, closing the door on on those thoughts or feelings. And, you know, having a, a support system, a safe support system to do so, that was, you know, super, super emotional, but an incredible session that I feel was really needed at a at a pivotal time. Um, so, amazing to have have him walk through our facilitation lab and present something so impactful to our community. Another session that I can think of is Brave Legend and Megan Rose, who are um, mm. relational facilitators that led us in an activity called Honing Your Relating Superpower and Curiosity. And that was all about, you know, really being and immersing yourself in what makes you what makes you curious and what kind of finding and and investigating what your overall superpower is as a human and through facilitation. Another standout facilitator that we've had is Sunny Brown. She's the founder of Deep Self Design. She led an activity 
kind of encompassing the circle of trust, which really just uncovered what trust means to us as people and displaying the layers of trust and how it can evolve into into and through our personal relationships in our lives. So those are just a few that I, I can think of that really just speak to you know, the wide uh, variety of, of what we have in our lab for the space and for the, the opportunity for our, our facilitators and our audience to be able to connect in so many different levels and areas. Yeah, it's been really humbling to see so many great facilitators come through and, you know, connect with the community and share. And it's it's just a huge, the value is so immense as a facilitator to come in and see these um, excellent practitioners and and also even novices. You know, I, I, I think about my friend who is a jiu-jitsu black belt, and he said he learns more from folks who show up on their first day than he does working with other black belts because they do surprising things. They do things that are unexpected. They're not playing by the rules because they haven't learned the rules yet. And so when we get newbies, you know, I, I, I've had – Folks ask me, especially like really advanced facilitators, they'll say, why don't you want to curate the community to be more focused on advanced facilitators? And well, my first response is that it's not diverse. So our (laughs) opportunities of understanding and learning are more reduced. And also, how do we groom and grow the future master facilitators if we don't include everyone? And also, these, these new folks with new perspectives and new ideas will bring us shocking things. And so that's why we also not only curate um, people who are well-known, who've written books like Liberating Structures and Game Storming, but we also curate folks that are, are, are you know, just, uh, just getting started or just um, have a new uh, fun idea they want to try out because there's so much to learn from everyone. And then you know, the more master facilitators can really enjoy giving feedback to folks that are just trying things out for the first time. So I think it's a little something for everybody. Absolutely. I think echoing that, I believe that our our lab provides a unique opportunity for new voices and, you know, seasoned voices alike to to know that they're just as welcome to come and present something, you know, you know, off the wall or, you know, trying something different that they wouldn't necessarily try, you know, in their own workspaces. But they know, you know, with us leaning into curiosity and leaning into discovery within the facilitation lab, they have the opportunity to try out, you know, different different activities and methodologies that they wouldn't really do um you know, in another setting or environment. But we we create a space where we we don't turn anyone away for how wacky or wild their idea is. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna switch gears a little bit here. And so we talked a little bit about the weekly facilitation lab where the community comes together once a week to explore and learn together and try things out. Uh, how else does the community gather and, and meet and come together? So we have a a really unique opportunity and space in addition to the facilitation lab where we continue that conversation through our Slack channel. And there is a a really cool opportunity for you to to connect further with your peer facilitator that say you've sparked a connection with someone that you've had the experience of connecting with in lab and you really want to to network and and kind of chat further with that person in a safe forum and through that we 
continue our conversation through our, our general Slack channel on a weekly basis. I always conclude our facilitation labs with a facilitation lab follow up post, which kind of overall recaps the session if you're unable to make it. And there we can openly discuss different topics of conversation on a forum like Slack to be able to 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 think about new ideas or questions that we may have, share resources. It's a really cool opportunity for us to, you know, to connect that much further outside of the facilitation lab. And in addition to Slack, are there any other platforms that they can find us on as well? Yes, we are are super active on LinkedIn as well as Twitter and Instagram. We're definitely going to be ramping up that that conversation on social as well in the weeks to come. But we're definitely very, very active through LinkedIn as well. Yeah. And the LinkedIn group and the Facebook group are great places for folks to connect and commune with other facilitators. So hope that uh, hope folks can join us there. It's like really great to see all the work that's happening and, and the cool stuff you're doing for the community. Before we wrap up, I want to just hear a little bit about what is the Bring a Buddy campaign? I'm so glad you brought that up. It's an opportunity for us to encourage our audience of the Facilitation Lab with our peer facilitators who join in with us every week to really call on them to invite colleagues, coworkers, neighbors to come to our Facilitation Lab and kind of broaden that community that much more. I feel, you know, it's it's only in our benefit to have people join our community with multiple backgrounds and experiences. So with that, we really want to encourage everyone to to be a voice, to tell friends if they have the time and space to do so, to come in and join our lab. We really want to increase that connection and offer that inclusivity that much more. And the only way that we can do that is by having unique voices continuously join our lab. So we always are, are calling on and really shouting to the rooftops about the the Bring a Buddy campaign. And yeah, I, I love that because I know that um, for me personally, if I'm, if I'm going to something with a friend that I already know really well, that I see at work or at church or at other gatherings and things that we do, if we're already connecting in other places, they're going to hold me accountable to these things I've learned and these things, these buds you know, that I might mention during Rose Thumb Bud. And so it helps um, integrate the work and, and carry it forward more. So it's it's not only about the community growing, but it's also having a better experience as an individual. Absolutely. There is so much richness in us, you know, providing the best experience that we can through the facilitation lab and assuring that that everyone has an unforgettable experience when they join in every single session. So if we can encourage that or just make that experience that much better, then let's do it. Let's go for it. Kara, maybe share a little bit about what people can expect if they start to engage more, if they're bringing a buddy often or they're contributing to the Slack channel or the LinkedIn group and the Facebook group. I think we're going to be recognizing folks for their efforts and contributions to the community. What might they expect? 
Yes, Douglas, you are our spot on there. We're so excited to be able to, to start this initiative for our community of, of facilitators. And through that, we are going to be implementing a token system where anytime a friend or facilitator is bringing a new face to the lab, you're able to win tokens and redeem those tokens for special prizes and unique opportunities as far as workshops that once you reach a certain number of tokens, um, you have the opportunity to win a voltage control t-shirt and uh, any assortment of prizes as well. So definitely we're thrilled to be able to offer this. And once you've redeemed the pinnacle of tokens, you even have the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one workshop with our master facilitators and even you, Douglas. So we're excited to be able to bring this to our community and encourage new faces and new voices to come into our labs. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, of recognizing our ambassadors and the folks that are leaning in and, and doing the most to support the community and, you know, earn those tokens. And I can't wait to do a one-on-one -on -one with you. And I guess to round things out, Kira, I want to hear a little bit about after attending all of these facilitation labs and seeing lots of different things and getting more and more immersed in facilitation, whether it's one of our big events like SOCOM or with the National Science Foundation, I would say, what is your favorite facilitation tool or method out of everything you've seen? Wow, that's a that's a really Difficult question um, because there's so many that come to mind, but I would say one that sticks out above most is really just having the opportunity to humanize and connect with facilitators as humans. I think it's important to connect with someone on an emotional level with breaking down those barriers. And I think authentic relating has such a huge impact on finding that connection and honing in on seeing that person for who they are. In fact, I would recommend checking out our facilitation lab with the founder of Authentic Relating, Sarah Ness. She's remarkable. So Kira, I'm going to start wrapping up now and I've got a couple of questions left for you. And the first one is, what are you excited about right now? Goodness, you know, there is something about the season of spring that really just excites me with, you know, an element of rebirth and curiosity to start something new. And I think with all the exciting new voices that we have coming up in the facilitation lab leading into summer, it's something that really excites me and seeing all the incredible new faces and, and voices to our community is something that, you know, really just kind of sparks me up and, and gets me excited to form new connections and have the opportunity to connect that much further throughout the lab. Yeah, it's exciting to see where it'll go for sure. So Kira, in closing, what would you like to leave our listeners with? I would just love to encourage everyone to leaning into positivity, curiosity, and discovery as a whole. I think that we really speak to those values in the facilitation lab and knowing that we have created an environment where facilitators can come together and ideate and troubleshoot in a safe community to do so with testing out their methods and activities that they're actively working on. We're excited to have this unique opportunity and to continue it forward that much further. And 
I would encourage everyone, if you haven't had the opportunity to attend one of our sessions, you can register for an upcoming facilitation lab at voltagecontrol.com slash events. And you can also join our Facebook group and LinkedIn group to connect on those platforms. I hope to see you there. Kira, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Douglas, and cheers. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Control the Room. Don't forget to subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are released. And if you want more, head over to our blog, where I post weekly articles and resources about working better together. VoltageControl.com.